everybody, and welcome to Nerd Alert. Girls. All right, hello, everybody. Uh, before we get started, I want to take a moment to say that as residents of Los Angeles County, we acknowledge our presence, including virtual presence, on the traditional, ancestral, and unceded territory of Indigenous people who are variously referred to as the Gabrielino Tungva people and Keech Nation. I am your host, Bridget, pronoun she, hers. Hi, everybody. I'm Jen with the G as in good golly. There's another Jen. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And, and our final, yeah, our final host, introduce yourself. You're back. Yes, it is I, Caroline, the Sorceress Supreme. Yes. Um, yes. I'm back, everyone. So good to have you back. Honestly, we've missed you so much. Mm-hmm. Aww, thank you. Well, yeah. All right. Well, I guess we'll just dive right in here. So today we're here to talk about She-Hulk Attorney at Law, episode one which is titled A Normal Amount of Rage. <laughs> yes. And is directed by Kat Koiro. Uh, Koiro? I'm sorry. I don't know how to pronounce this director's last name. And written by Jessica Gao. Um, so Kat so Kat Koiro is a filmmaker who directed, obviously, Attorney at Law. Um, and also directed the movie Marry Me, <laughs> which I didn't love Marry Me, to be honest. So it makes me actually a little bit nervous. She did pretty good with this episode, though. So, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And uh, Jessica Gao is the writer, so um, Jessica Gao worked on third season of Rick and Morty, writing the episode Pickle Rick, and also wrote for Silicon Valley, Robot Chicken, The Mighty Bee, Back at the Barnyard, Star Wars Detours, and Kung Fu Panda Legends of Awesomeness. Um, so lots of different things. So those are the credits of today's episode. Yeah, wow. It finally came. Like, I feel like we have this onslaught of Marvel stuff for, like, the longest time, and then it's like... Bam, Miss Marvel. Bam, this. And for a while, we had nothing. And then, bam, here it is. All of a sudden, I blinked. And suddenly, here's the first episode upon us. And I'm like, okay, let's do this. Let's go. My job starts officially today. But you know what? It's fine. I'm, I'm totally going to watch this. Well, ladies, thoughts? Yeah, I, I'm so behind uh, on the Marvel shows. Because I think you described it really well as being like, you blink and then like there's another one. Uh <laughs> But uh, anyway, just so you know, uh, the director didn't write Marry Me, Bridget. Um, so yeah, hopefully... directed it. I know directed it, but still. Yeah. No, just like, I was hoping that might make you feel better. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not like, like, oh my gosh, I hated Marry Me. It, it just, I'm going to go on a mini tangent here. I just thought it had like some pacing issues. Um, that's just like. I don't, I don't want to get on the Marry Me soapbox because it's not a soapbox we're standing on. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's not even worth soapboxing on. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the soundtrack was great. I was just listening to it today. Anyway. <laughs> it happens sometimes where the movie just kind of falls flat but has like a great soundtrack. It, it happens, you know? Like, you just can't win them all. And like... I have, like, thoughts about the She-Hulk soundtrack so far, but we'll get into that once we discuss, like, the bigger picture of what this first episode tells us and what it seems like we're in for. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 I mean, I guess, what what is every what are everyone's thoughts on this first episode? Like, how are we feeling? Is it kind of what we expected? Is it different? What's, what's the take? I mean, I didn't come here with any expectations, really. Um, like, I haven't really read much of she-hulk in the comics um 
other than like her brief appearance in is it Civil War two? Like in the comics, Civil War two, you know, the one that's like the controversy about like Yes predetermination. Yeah. Um, and I got to see her as like She Hulk lawyer, which was like pretty cool and like I liked her, but um, you know, uh other than that and like a super outdated, very sexist comic, yep. I not encounter this character a lot. Um, I knew from like Wikipedia like a little bit more of her background and how she like turned into the Hulk and stuff like that. But um but yeah, I just like I didn't come like with a lot of background knowledge knowledge or expectations. I just expected it to be kind of more of a fun time. I didn't realize right away too that there was gonna be fourth wall breaking. That's very Deadpool, but I I, I hear it's also very She Hulk, so that's cool. Um so it it'll be interesting to see that kind of take on this. But anyway, on the whole though, I, I think it was yeah, I expected a fun time. I had a fun time um i expected commentary about like gender um especially just like given the little teasers we got in the trailer you know um sort of that yas girl energy right um yeah <laughs> and you know uh it'll be interesting to see i think where they go with the yas girl energy like to make it to give it a little bit more i think layers um right than like the whole girl boss thing but, yeah um but no, I mean, like, I think she's a, you know, fresh, lively character. I loved her interaction with Bruce and, like, their whole sibling dynamic. And, like, it made me wish she became the Hulk a lot sooner, certainly when Bruce and the Hulk were um, not on speaking terms. So, you know, um, yeah, um, I laughed. I, I was I was taken in by, you know, I like the whole, like, play with time and stuff, right? Because it's it's. She, you see her doing her lawyering thing, and then her, like, paralegal, the paralegal casually says, like, are you going to Hulk out? And I'm like, wait, we're already here? And she's like, all right, let me tell you the story so you'll pay attention to the real fun part, which is the lawyer story. <laughs> yeah, it was just, like, the I thought it was a great setup and, and well done. So, yeah, on the whole, yeah, I thought it was a, a solid start. Yeah, I had a good time, too. And I have a little bit of context of the She-Hulk, you know. I read some of her comics, you know, post-sexism if there's even such a thing but I, I guess what I'm trying to say is more uh recent comics that I've read from her you know I've read Civil War Part 2 and her role in it I kind of sobbed a little I've read others where she's teamed up with Captain Marvel and uh, Daredevil which makes me more excited because she and Matt Murdock are total bros and I am here for it so things like that I have some context but I knew this would be like a lot of fun and we got that Yas girl boss vibe thing going on where I'm like, all right, as long as you don't make the mistakes of like former movies and shows that try to have that vibe only for it to be really in your face. I'm not like other girl kind of things that I've seen and cringed at, you know, but so far it seems like we're okay. And I really like how they're portraying Jennifer Walters really spot on from what I know from her and the comics. And she's just, she's delightful I like her a lot. You know, she's got the quips going. She's very smart. I really adore her. And like you said, Bridget, her dynamic with Bruce was so fun. Like, I wish we would have had her sooner in the series, just so I could see a little more of that. That would have been so awesome. But, well, we got her now, and I'm I'm keeping her. I don't know about you guys, but I'm keeping her. Yeah, I, uh, I think she's a keeper, too. Um... So I, I also really had a blast with this episode. Um, you know, going into it, I think what I was hoping is that it would be fun. And then um, I actually, before this episode, I listened to a podcast on the origins of She-Hulk. So I did some research. Um, 
And uh, they were kind of talking about just like how much fourth wall breaking she does in the comics and like um, how wacky they could be, uh, you know, in addition to like all the the cheesecake drawings of her. Um, (laughs) So and they kind of talked about they had some quotes from like the showrunner in terms of what they want to do with the project. And she really emphasized that she wants it to be like a half hour sitcom. And that's definitely the vibe I get from uh, this pilot episode. I think my fear would be that, you know, it turns into like a big everything's blowing up and I have to save the world thing later on. And I hope they don't do that Um, because I am really kind of enjoying the idea of like a sitcom in the MCU universe. Um, And I also like kind of Jen's take on it. Um, sorry, the, the, the green gen, not our gen. Uh, <laughs> uh, so like, I like the fact that she doesn't want to be a superhero, but not in a like, oh no, I can't take this power. It's too much type of a way. But in a like, I, I just don't want to do it. This is not for me. Uh, this sounds like it's not fun and it's kind of miserable and I need to get back to work. I've got stuff to do, you know? Uh-huh. Um, so I kind of, I like that conflict of like whether or not she wants to be a superhero coming down to sort of a a mundane reason of like, I don't want to do this. This seems like it's going to ruin my life. And also of her focus on her job. Um, so I, I think that that's cool. It's a neat conflict. And I also agree that like her and Bruce's interactions are just wonderful. They really do have a kind of a, even though they're, they're cousins, they, they feel more like siblings um yeah yeah just to touch on the mundane thing a little bit it, it kind of reminds me a, a bit about like i think it's the first guardians movie it's like where they're asking like peter quill like why do you care you know about saving the universe and like because i'm one of the idiots who lives in it you know and it's like <laughs> the, the most basic mundane reason i don't know just it just kind of reminded me of that when you're talking about the whole mundane reason to like not want to be a hero um versus like a mundane reason to be one you know i love it yeah, that's one of the the best lines I think in Guardians of the Galaxy is because I live in it. Like, <laughs> yeah, agreed. So yeah, should we summarize uh, how this episode went and then go uh, ma- talk about our thoughts along the way? Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. So I mean, it, it opens with her like practicing her. Is it opening her argument? I don't know. I don't remember if it's like her opening argument. Um, I believe court. it's. Her closing statement. Closing. Is it closing? Yeah, it's the closing statement. Closing. Yeah. Closing statement. Um, yeah. I know lawyer things. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so she, so yeah, she's practicing it and you hear like some dude like groaning and hemming and hawing in the background and like, you know, that kind of douchebag. <laughs> yep. And, and he's just like rolling his eyes and just like, I mean, Part of me was I was gonna say like why is he even there and but I'm sure he invited himself in and gave unsolicited feedback. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah. Sounds about right. <laughs> like you know that that's what happened. Um, <laughs> and and um, Nikki the paralegal is just like no you got this it's perfect you know all you know five stars I mean, I I forget exactly how she puts it right but like you know just talks her up and just says no you're 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 doing great you're doing great sweetie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's like, I, I got emotional at some parts. You got this. And I'm like, that's a real friend right there. Thank you, Nikki. We love you already. Yeah. And I mean, I also think that that's kind of a nice touch with like 
the obnoxious lawyer dude who's on her team um, in that it's like, you know, he's not barging in and going, female can't do law, no, but he's like, you know, being obnoxious in that very kind of way that I think, you know, a lot of people have had to deal with of just, you know, and then when it actually comes to the trial, he's like, don't mess this up. And it's I know, just, oh my gosh. You know, I think a lot of people, a lot of people have had to deal with a coworker where they're kind of obnoxious and patronizing. And it's like, it's not, you know, a hundred percent clear it's because gender or race or, you know, insert, uh, like a lot of these other issues, but it's like, is it, is that what's going on here? Um, everyone. Yeah, microaggression. Yeah, he's like, he was very annoying. And I'm like, is this guy gonna stick around? Like, go away, please. You're you're not helpful. I don't care if you're like you're her law partner, or whoever the hell you think you are. If you want to win this case, you got to work together. Yeah. And like her and the argument that centralizes around it like about like power, right? Like the, the whole dynamic of power and like, are you only obligated to like not misuse it? Or do you have it? um or once you have it like are you obligated to use it sort of like that whole like yeah kind of gets into the whole like um with great power there must also come great responsibility and is that true or not kind of deal yeah yeah so yeah i thought that was neat uh the way that like set up the episode in terms of like she gives a speech that it's like it's about this case so it's you know her being a lawyer but it's also going to be presumably about her arc um you know coming to terms with her identity as a superhero and like is she gonna do that you know yeah Mm -hmm. yeah it's interesting because like one of the things that stood out to me is that once nikki's like oh you're gonna hulk out i'm like oh yeah because i knew in the comics that like it's well known that jennifer walters is uh she hulk but it's interesting from what we've seen in the mcu so far where everyone either really knows who you are or they try to keep their secret identity under wraps so i'm like oh okay so we're just right away jennifer walters is she hulk and later she mentions to like i forget if it's the audience or bruce that she's like yeah i told my family told nikki here we are you know i'm like all right so one of those superheroes who was out in the open all right public guy this should be fun let's do this you know well was it public public guy or semi-private before like i'm talking about before the end of the episode you know well semi-private for now but it'll definitely be public after everything that happened in the court but i'm just like all right like i'm trying to think like miss marvel we just saw her she kept it under wraps the whole thing with spider-man was he was trying to keep it under wraps after he was outed you know and so on and so forth with other heroes who are either blurting it out they've always been national icons you know what have you so Let's see how that plays, like any publicity plays into Jennifer Walters' struggle with her new abilities and whether or not she wants to use that power or somehow combine it with her power as a lawyer. Because she's she was right in saying that, like, she's saving lives in the way that she's always known and always wanted to do. You know, that's important stuff, folks. So it'll be interesting to see how this journey goes to, for her to find that balance, you know? Yeah, I, I also think that that's interesting. That's a good point you bring up about how, like, there's sort of, there's not much middle ground in terms of secret identities. It's either like super, super secret or totally public, everybody knows. And the thing is with um, like a lot of the other heroes we've been following, the ones who are totally public, everybody knows, like we don't really see them outside of that superhero context because it's like superheroing is their job. Um, Mm -hmm. 
So, you know, that means that there isn't this tension between your day job and your superhero job. And when we do see that, like with Matt Murdock in Daredevil, it, who's also a lawyer, um, <laughs> you know, it's that tension comes partially because it's a secret and he's hiding it. So it'll be interesting to see like how, you know, she does that job and also superhero job balance while, you know, being in public. Um, and I think that's also a good point about, you know, her defending, you know, hey, being a lawyer is an important vital job and I am trying to save lives in this role um and you know maybe we can maybe in this way you can kind of question like how much you know good do superheroes do compared to uh these other like vital professions you know and I think that's a good question to ask at this point um about superheroics it's like okay how much is this going to help versus what else I could be doing Ooh, yeah. Question for the ages, folks. Well, hopefully a question that this show will will answer. Yeah. Because uh, I know what it's like to go through a whole show and not have any questions answered. <laughs> Loki. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> um, but anyway, okay. So so that's the case. And then, like, you know, and then it, and we start with the fourth wall breaking, and she's like, okay, let me tell you, like, how we got to this point, right? And it's like cut to a few months beforehand where she and her cousin, Bruce Banner, are like driving along, and Bruce is in his human form. And I'm like, what? <laughs> You're right? Yeah. And he's like, oh, I got this device that keeps me human all the time. And like, so it's interesting. He like, you you think he's made peace with it like with the hulk and like merging into one into like the quote unquote small hulk, or smart hulk not small hulk smart hulk um, <laughs> um he's definitely not small not a small boy um no <laughs> but uh but yeah and but it's interesting because he like still seems to be seeking the like fully human banner even at this point i'm like huh okay you're still struggling with that my dude i see okay Mm-hmm. but yeah um but yeah i already love their dynamic and like you know them getting to like hang out and i that's just like great and wholesome and like the cheat the cheetos like the the, cheetos yeah like cheetos and chopsticks she's like yeah so you don't get cheeto fingers and he's like that's genius <laughs> it is genius oh my gosh i'm gonna learn how to use chopsticks just so i can have my hot cheetos whenever i want <laughs> oh yeah i've been doing that for a while now Girl, why weren't why wasn't I told about this? I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but yes, I should have shared this secret knowledge with you. Oh, yeah. brilliant! But yeah, yeah that dynamic is awesome, and the fact that like Bruce goes on this whole like, oh yeah, this device keeps me human or whatever, and Jennifer's just like, all I ask is how you've been and what you've been up to. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. And then, boom, Cheetos. And then Bruce is just as impressed. I'm like, this is a dynamic that every healthy family should have. Yeah, that that's um, really neat. And I also, I like the fact that, you know, we didn't hear the whole conversation, but I feel like she probably asked him how he's been. And it was like a whole big information dump about like everything that's been happening uh, <laughs> for the past, like, I don't know, five years or so. Um, oh my gosh right (laughs) wow yeah i wonder what jennifer was doing the entire time you know when bruce first turned into the hulk 
then him disappearing to outer space, then Thanos, then the snap, which she snapped. You know what happened? I want to know what goes on in her life before and up leading up to this point. Was she like just getting her degree and lawyering this whole time and like would look up from her studies and be like, oh, aliens are attacking again, whatever. You go, cuz. <laughs> Yeah, although now I'm I've got so many questions about the rest of the uh the, like the the banner um uh family here. Like, you know, how many how many family members does Bruce have? Like, how many people know about the whole um the whole Hulk thing? Like, what about her family? Like, you know, we, he she mentions like see you at family dinner, but it's like how, okay, how often does this family like get together and what do they talk about? So like so how's Bruce doing? Um, he's full <laughs> green. Oh, okay. <laughs> but head cannon, that's a real conversation that happened in that household. Yes. <laughs> Accepted. Yeah. This happened at a, a Walter's banner family dinner. Yeah. Oh yeah, um, our daughter's green now too. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That, I love your delivery of that. I feel like that so sums up like awkward family conversations between like family members you don't see very often. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Accepted. Someone write a, fic- a fan fiction about that, please. Yeah. Okay. I I want someone to do that. I would definitely read a fan fiction that it's just like awkward, like Walter's Banner family dinners over the course of like the past. Um, did he say like 15 years in terms of how 15 long years yeah. yeah past 15 years yikes <laughs> I would do it but I've never seen the first Hulk movie and I just don't want to I don't want to oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah uh, Jen as the resident Hulk expert uh, since you have seen the movie uh, do you remember anything about his family in that he never mentions it, you know, because at that point in the movie, he's been isolated for like at least a year or two. You know, he's already gone through his I got gamma radiation. Now I'm running from the law. You know, it's not like the oh, what's the 2003 version? Eric Bana, I think it's not like that one where it starts at the very beginning for when he got his powers. Like at our uh, MCU Hulk point, like it had been a year or two and he had already leveled the place and is trying to isolate himself. So Unfortunately, we don't hear anything about his family. We just hear about him, you know, being alone and trying to avoid the public eye and such. Poor baby. Yeah, that's that's tough. I, I do feel bad for his his family because I feel like that must be very difficult to have like a family member, especially if, if they were maybe close, who just like drops out of communication like that and you don't know what's going on and then eventually it's revealed that like what's going on with them is so weird it would be very hard to relate to I feel like especially in the early days of the MCU when just the general public I mean you know the more and more installments we get the more we learn that there have been like people running around for a long time um but the I feel like in the early days it would be very weird to have a family member who was involved in that you know, just in terms of trying to figure out what's going on type of a thing, but. Right, right. I'm thinking that, like, if I had to guess, the Banner Walters probably started talking to Bruce after the events of the Avengers and the Battle of New York or whatever, because the Hulk is now a hero. I would like to think that's what kind of more or less broke the ice, but who knows? 
Yeah, that would be nice if, like, you know, Bruce is very conflicted about being the Hulk, but like he's got he's got family members who support him um, in that because they they think the Hulk is cool and you know, uh, or they they saw everything that happened in New York and they're like, oh, okay. You know, maybe, maybe that's how they came to, everyone came to understand that. It was like, oh, okay, so this is, this is your life now. Right? Like, oh my god, you totally saved New York. I totally saw you bashing up those aliens. I saw you catch Iron Man from the sky. That was kind of awesome. Can you control it? Can we use it at um, uh, your nephew's birthday party? Like, <laughs> Yeah. Also, aliens, do you know them? Are there more of them? Are they coming back? What's the deal with the aliens? Right? Like, did you guys catch that with the aliens that attacked uh, Bruce and Jennifer? Like, I I was kind of in a rush when that part happened. So what did they say the explanation was? It was um, Sakarian ship. Sakarian ship. ship. Yeah. yeah, which is the, Sakar is like the battle planet that Thor was on in Thor Ragnarok, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that were they hostile? I mean, they just got way too close for me to feel like it wasn't a little bit hostile, you know? Yeah. Bruce seemed pretty blasé about it, though. That's why I was a little confused. Yeah. I feel like there's going to be something more to it. I don't think that's the last time, last we've seen that Sakaar ship. I, I'm guessing not, but I'm wondering how they're going to do it. I mean, we got a, what's her name? Titiana coming. Apparently Leapfrog is coming and Porcupine and the Wrecking Crew. Like, all these B-list villains who are going to be an issue, you know? Plus, we'll be getting an appearance from a Daredevil. So I'm wondering with the Sakaar, like how they're going to squeeze that in without it, without this uh, nine episode show being too much, you know? Yeah, that's a good point. I, I wonder about Sakaar because um, I know Ragnarok borrowed from a very famous Hulk story called like World War Hulk. Oh, yeah. Um, or Planet Hulk. Uh, sorry if I'm I'm getting those mixed I up. Think it, I think it's Planet Hulk, but I'm not totally sure. I didn't read that either. Yeah. Yeah, you're. I think you're right. I think it's Planet Hulk. Um, but I know that there's a whole arc um, involving him, like you know, going to space, being a gladiator. I think he like gets married and has a kid, and then his family's destroyed, and he comes back to Earth for revenge because Illuminati shot him in the space to begin with. Um, so I just I kind of wonder if the Sakar plotline will have anything to do with that, especially now that the Illuminati's been introduced in another multiverse. Uh -huh. um, but you know, if that is the case, then I sincerely hope that it's not in this series because this series is a nine episode half hour little thing. Um, so any outer space Hulk shenanigans. I think would have to be picked up somewhere else. So, yeah. agreed, agreed. It already it already looks like it's got a lot going on, you know. And again, I mentioned the B list villains, which you know they're irritating, but they're not like Loki or Thanos or even Doctor Doom, depending on what Fantastic Four issue you're reading. But I'm guessing Jennifer's gonna have her hands full. I just I don't want Marvel to bite off more than they can chew. We've seen them do that with disastrous results and. I was pleased by uh, She-Hulk, you know, this first episode. I'd hate to see it, like, ha try to handle too much. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I think that would be a way for it to get out of control pretty quickly, would be for it to just, like, throw in a whole bunch of subplots. Again, this is a short little thing, and I think we've we've talked about it before with some of the other shows we've covered about how 
it's like these little Disney plus shows um, really need to be very self-contained. Um, but some of them still end up meandering or having episodes that feel like, you know, they kind of come out of nowhere or they they don't really go anywhere. Um, so I'm, I'm again, I'm hoping that that's not going to be the case with this one. Yeah. So Sakar makes an appearance that Bruce kind of brushes off. They'll probably come back later, maybe like at the last possible minute, you know, like end credit scene of the ninth episode or something. Yeah, I could see that working. I mean, the fact is, even in the MCU, right, like he was a gladiator on Sakaar and like there was some element of, you know, wanting of using him. Right. And like, maybe yeah, they use him again. I don't know. You know, it's just there's just yeah, I just have questions, you know, and I don't think uh, Bruce might have tossed it aside, but I don't think that's the yeah, I don't think that's going to be ignored. He's going to be able to ignore that for very long. Um, I think it'd be kind of funny if, like, Bruce brushes this off. He's like, oh, yeah, I'll figure it out eventually. And then, like, the end of the series is, like, a whole army from Shakar shows up. And they're like, that was the warning shot. We're here to invade. And Bruce is like, oh, yeah, I probably should have looked into that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Bruce, you procrastinator. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. But any, in any case, though, it causes the accident. I mean, and also, like, this, the car ship, like, do they do anything to help or intervene if they're not hostile? Come on. Anyway. Um, right? Yeah. I, I don't think there's there's any good that can come of that ship. No. no. No, no. Absolutely not. But, all right, the accident happened. She has a cut. He's bleeding. He bleeds onto her. And then you see the term the transfusion into the green and she turns green and then it, it cuts to just her waking up in a forest um and i'm so glad that she didn't wake up like half naked because you know no eight, thank you 10 years ago this would have been written and directed by men probably and that probably would have happened <laughs> yep sounds about right mm -hmm. yeah she so she's out there she's looking for bruce she makes her way to like a bar and these very helpful party girls were like girl we got you. We'll fix you up. Whoever he, she, they are, they're not worth it. We got you. Yeah, that that's not like the one scene that kind of really stuck out to me. Um, because like, okay, she's, she's coming into the bathroom. She's covered in dirt. Like she looks like she's been in an accident or something where like a building fell on her. She was in a car accident or like, it, it doesn't look like a domestic abuse scenario or if it is whoever tried to like whoever did it beat her up and left her in the woods you know so like whatever it was it seems like they're taking it in a weird direction the the party girls i don't know maybe they're just very drunk um, yeah i was gonna say like i i'm not sure they're totally sober <laughs> yeah i don't know maybe it's meant to be a parody of how like you know sometimes people will like project these like social justice issues onto people who like instead of listening to them you know um instead yeah. of being like hey what actually happened to you they're like oh you know let's let's pile on and make make this about a domestic abuse thing i just like read an instagram slideshow on that um <laughs> oh yeah. dear i mean they were like let's put makeup on you yeah that's the other thing is like they're like makeup and it's like okay but if you think that like again this person was just like presumably had their partner try and murder them and leave them in the woods and they've just crawled out. Like, why is makeup your first? Again, I think maybe they're just very drunk. Um, yeah, yeah. Honestly, if it had been me, I would have been like, 
do we need to call someone for you? Should we be calling the cops? I think we should call the cops. You know, that would raise a lot of alarm bells here. But you know, probably better in that situation. Yeah, my my first response would be like, okay, let's let's get an ambulance or like let's get you know some someone with medical training to look at you. Exactly, Um, but drunk. Okay, I. I can accept that. Either way, Jen Walters now has a fabulous faux fur coat that I'm just like, all right. And then, of course, we see the the beginning of her rage when a bunch of idiotic men are like, hey, we're just trying to be nice. Hey, baby, how you doing? I'm just like, oh, you know, I know as soon as they they were like, like, you know, stepping out of the bar and she's like standing there, like kind of glancing from the corner of their eye and they're as they're like talking all obnoxiously. I'm like, oh, I know where this is going, you know? Yep. Yeah. You, know, you just know that vibe with the like that group of guys coming out of bar. You just are like, oh boy, brace yourselves. Yeah. And also the fact that she's like, I'm waiting for my ride. And then she's like, turn it, you know, clearly giving them no signals. Um, but the fact that they start following her, like that's the thing that that was the moment that kind of like, uh, kind of like, you know, made me, made me nervous. I'm like, I know she's the She-Hulk. But just like this is such a, you know, everyday kind of like unpleasant, scary situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I did like when she transformed in the to the hook because she just couldn't take it anymore. And they're like two of them are like screaming and hugging each other. I'm like, yes, <laughs> we'll hug each other and scream. You deserve it. Yeah, be scared. This is what you get for being jerks, you know. Creepy jerks. Ew, go away. You know, and I would have loved to have seen her backhand them a little, but I guess we can't have any broken bones, even if they are jerks and probably would have deserved it. But um, it just it was satisfying. We knew what was coming. We knew like, up oh, there's the vibe of the jerk wads. Most women have experienced this up. Oh, she's getting angry up. Oh, there it is. Ah, She scared them. Ah, very satisfying. Yeah, that that was fun, and I do like the fact that like Bruce comes in from the from out of nowhere and like grabs her. <laughs> um, it's like, oh no, okay, we don't want you. This this would get this would get too crazy otherwise. Um, but yeah, ho- hopefully the jerks uh, learn their lesson um, to not do that again. Basically, yeah. Yeah, I hope they cower in fear. Every woman they they come into, it's like, what if what if she's a secret Hulk? Like. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that haunts them in their nightmares forever. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All day, but, every day. But, um, you know, and I have been thinking, though, with, with her transformation from, like, the cut and the blood and everything, because I, I did remember from the comics, or, like, I remember, like, from reading, like, the Wikipedia comic, comic knowledge background, whatever, um, that, like, she had, like, a emergency blood transfusion from her cut from Bruce, and that's, like, when she became the She-Hulk. Um, but like that she was able to control her powers from the beginning on like he was um, so but here it was just like an more of an accent with the cut and everything and I was like man can can like Bruce transform people into hulks that easily like no wonder he isolates himself so much like that's scary you know yeah. well like, yeah it was like does it apply to other bodily fluids or like blah blah, blah. and like I'm having all of these you know um, questions but like uh I think they kind of addressed it though with the whole like that she has apparently has a special genetic condition that um that helped her to you know be different from Bruce or be different in a better way as she put it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I kind of wonder if it isn't the fact that like when you know because Bruce did all these experiments on himself, if that like 
because she does have some DNA in common with him, um, you know, because I think I'm trying to remember how much DNA first cousins have in common. I think it's like 30 percent. Oh, I didn't know that. Cool. You know, uh, once you get to second cousins, it goes exponentially down to like 5% in common. But second cousins have about like, I think about like 30% in common. But do not quote me on that. Um, So I kind of wonder if it, the reason that like she takes the Hulk so well is partially because like she has enough in common with Bruce that like it Hulkifies her in a way that maybe it wouldn't for someone who had like totally different DNA. Um, but then there is something about the way it interacts with her that makes it, uh, makes that transition so much easier for her. Yeah. And I'd like to point out something, um, in that Hulk movie with Edward Norton, it actually does come up what happens if someone accidentally has his blood, because I tell you guys that, uh, Bruce in that movie, it's been like a year or two since like his accident and he's trying to keep calm and not Hulk out. So he's out in a third world country, I can't remember which one, and he's working at a factory, like a sweatshop factory, bottling up sodas. He accidentally cuts his hand on like a broken bottle and it somehow gets put into one of the drinks. So Stan Lee makes his cameo by being the guy who drinks like the soda and the bit of blood. And even though it was only like a drop or two of Bruce's blood, it ends up killing him because that's how strong the gamma radiation was, so... I was even wondering, like, how's that going to work here? You know, like, I get that they're like related and that could definitely have something to do with it. Or is it the fact that Bruce has been experimenting on himself for what is it, 15 years that maybe it's diluted at this point? I don't know. But I thought that was an interesting contrast. And I'm glad that they did address it. Like, yeah, there's something in your DNA that makes you man, that makes your body more willing to like accept this a mutation so to speak well i mean he says like you received a lethal amount of gamma radiation and she's like what (laughs) (laughs) freaking out he's like wait there's more so you don't pause there bruce (laughs) like he shouldn't have used the word lethal you know you gotta temper that with something like should have been lethal or dangerous but you'll be okay you know right um, but also thanks for like, uh, letting us know about the, the thing with the blood. Cause that would explain why he like literally destroys the two of their, their blood samples once he's gone through them. So presumably, hopefully he's been very careful about his blood, um, for a while now, but at the same time, it's like, you know, there's only so much control he can have over that because it's like, he gets in fights a lot, you know? Exactly. Either way, Jennifer is okay, and as we see, she's better at controlling it because Bruce is like, okay, you know, we got to keep you away from this. Like, you're a danger to everyone. I'm like, I'm pretty sure he's having all these flashbacks of every time he's hulked out, how he leveled out Harlem, you know, after losing control and fighting Abomination. So he's thinking that's what happened to her. He had no choice but to knock her out. He had no choice but to take her somewhere far away in Mexico. All right, so let's find your trigger. Uh, Usually I hulk out because I'm afraid or angry. And Jennifer was like, that's, what was it that she said that was just so true? Like, that's a baseline for women just existing. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I also like how he said like strong emotions. And then she's like, oh, what about like Pixar movies? Those make me cry. (laughs) 
And then she talks about uh, Inside Out. Yes. Versus like, no, no, I can't, I can't do it. Like he's he's so. But I don't know. I just thought that was a very that was a very like cute scene between the two of them of like Bruce getting choked up at Pixar movies. Oh, I love that reference, especially since it was Inside Out. Because out of all the Pixar movies there are out there, ladies. That what makes me cry every single time. Doesn't matter how many times I watch it, I'm still bawling. Yeah, I, I remember I watched that in the theater. I think I was on my own, but there was like a bunch of teenagers sitting next to me who were like making fun of it somehow. Um, and I was like trying really hard to hide the fact that I was crying. <laughs> it was a legitimate question though, you know, all teasing aside, like, okay, yeah, anger and fear seem logical, but what about like sadness or extreme happiness even? Yeah. So I saw where Bruce was going with, okay, we need to find your trigger, you know, hence the spike in the wall thing. I'm like, go big or go home, I guess. <laughs> yeah yeah well i mean i just you know i feel like at this point he is so aware of like i mean the thing is i think he's he's unfortunately assuming some stuff about her hulkness but he seems to be right i think because he's like he's worked with himself for so long um that he's he knows she was gonna be okay um if she's by like by her level of hulkness he's like you'll she'll be fine you know if she she's going to transform and she'll be fine. So, but at the same time, like, I think I'm like, okay, I get that he's been again, working with this condition for a very long time, but also he's really taken some risks here. I'm a little concerned. Yeah. No kidding. Huh? Like he had to, well, I mean, he had no choice, but to revert back to smart Hulk, but kind of glad he is smart Hulk now, because I feel like once Jennifer transformed and, you know, the quote unquote other guy shows up, I think he would just react out of fear and anger and just try to beat her up, you know, because that's just his animalistic instinct, you know. So Bruce is all happy and surprised and confused to see that Jennifer is fully, uh, what's the phrase, uh, cognizant, you know, she's not out of control. She's not like animalistic like the other guy, so to speak, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, I think that that was one of the really interesting parts of the dynamic is that, you know, he, he feels like, again, there's that kind of overconfidence of he feels like he knows everything there is to know about what's going on with her. And then it's like, she reveal, you know, he's like, okay, let's do the throw a boulder. And she's like, yeah, I can throw it just fine. And so then he's like, gonna throw a bigger boulder. Um, (laughs) So it's like, he thinks he knows what to expect, but then she kind of breezes past all the issues he had and it's like I I like that um that kind of push and pull between like on the one hand you know he's glad she's not going to be as miserable but there's also a little bit of like you know frustration and resentment of like wait why did she get to have this so easy you know yeah I mean when she when he pushes her off the cliff <laughs> there's a middle finger, and she's like, "That's a dick. That was a dick move." And I'm like, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Like, and like, and he had come with like his big old binder, like documenting the last fifteen years. He's like, "I didn't think it would be a syllabus, but here we are." You know. Um, <laughs> but I think, I think, um, yeah, I think Jennifer Walters put it really well in terms of like how he's projecting onto her because i really felt that long before she said it you know yeah oh for sure oh yeah yeah, definitely yeah like he's just like you know 
you can't control it. I mean, and like talking like about like the whole like you don't feel like another person's hand is on the wheel, and she's like, no, just me, you know. And it actually kind of made me think of um, Moon Knight of like Mark Spector, and it made me kind of wonder if him and Bruce could bond in certain ways. I mean, it's not the same thing, obviously, but like you know, in terms of like you know someone else taking over your body, there are some some similarities there which I had never really thought about before as a parallel until, until he, as he was like questioning, you know, her about like, you know, the, like, in uh you know, Hulk alter ego, but she's like, no, it's just me the whole time, you know? Yeah. I really felt bad for Bruce then because I'm thinking of back in Ragnarok when he's explaining to Thor, like he feels like he was locked in the trunk while someone else was driving. I was just like, Oh, that level of con- like losing that control must have been terrifying so i get why he's resentful and jealous but bro come on you're both adults no need to project you know yeah that that's an interesting thing is like how i think childish he's kind of acting um i mean especially like the fight between the two of them does seem very much like the kind of fight like little kids would get into (laughs) you know uh, there's something, but yeah, they, there's something with, um, with Bruce that I feel like, I mean, again, like I get how, how frustrated he is. Um, but there is something kind of immature about his reaction to, to this, you know, like to, to Jennifer. And it's also like, um, you know, even though it's like, okay, I get that you feel like she's got it easier but she's still going through a big change. Like you don't need to push her off a cliff, man. Um, because you, you feel threatened. And I guess the other question I have is that, you know, when he talks about controlling it, one of the things, you know, she talks about is this idea of like, I always feel like I have to control my emotions. And I kind of wonder is like, is part of the reason, you know, I'm not blaming Bruce for like, the fact that he has these issues with the other guy, but I kind of wonder is like, is part of the reason he has trouble reconciling those two halves is because he's just like not used to having to control his emotions in the same way, you know? Oh, that's a good point. I didn't even consider that. I mean, yeah, I think there, there was definitely a lot to unpack there as far as, you know, her saying like, yeah, every time, you know, like some guy cat calls me on the street, you know, or like man's she didn't use the phrase, but like mansplains me about like my area of expertise, right? Or even wants yeah. to murder me. And it's like, yeah, that's so real. Like the violence uh-huh. against women, like not only in the physical sense, but just like, yeah, in the emotional, psychological sense, in the everyday little microaggressions, little backhanded comments or compliments, quote unquote, you know. And yeah. I mean, that's a whole separate conversation about, about that. But like, you know, it really does get at the whole thing because she just, she has to control her emotions because otherwise she's seen as, yeah, as the emotional one, as, you know, unprofessional and as, you know, all those things, right. Things that are valued in a man are like, you know, scorned in a woman, right. Mm-hmm. Any sense of aggression or power or, um, yeah, rage or, you know, any of that, right? And it's just like, I mean, I think about like women being, you know, locked up for being mad or whatever, right? Like the madhouse. Right. Like, terrible phrase, like the madhouse, right? But like asylum, you know? And it's just like um, hysteria. I think of the whole thing with the hysteria, like, oh, I'm dying to see you with hysteria because you're a woman, you know? And it's just like, <laughs> you know, it's so bad. 
Um, and, and it's just like, and I, I related to that. I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I like, am, I'm all, I am conscious of like what it is like, you know, trying not to get too emotional. I mean, I think there's an extra layer for me is like, well, in color, but like, you know, but yeah, it's just like, you don't want to get emotional because then you're not going to be taken seriously. And, but then you don't, yeah, it's just like this delicate balance that you have to have all the time. And it's like, yeah, I think, I think there's a certain amount of, um, privilege which has actually been made it harder for bruce as a man you know and so yeah no i thought it was very interesting um i mean i think some of it is like she was blessed with with better genes i think in some ways um but mm -hmm. i think i think there is an element to like i think she, she like i you know it would serve her well to recognize her luck in some ways you know but i think there is a lot you know to be said for yeah like how she always has to kind of keep things under control you know um just to exist in the world and yep yeah um so so there is like a lot of that going on and you know and also to be fair about like Bruce's frustration and I mean I think he's taking out on her unnecessarily for sure but um you know it also she just like was kind of poo-pooing every single thing he was like trying to teach her <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. um and, you know, even with, like, the the med uh, meditation and mindfulness, which I'm like, yes, anytime, anytime I see, like, mindfulness and being, like, aware of your, like, mental health, I'm like, yes, especially in the MCU, we need more of those conversations. Mm -hmm. um, but she's just, like, rolling her eyes, and she's, like, holding your farts, that's right, namaste <laughs> all day. <laughs> you know? And, like, if it was me trying to, like, teach her, you know, I would get annoyed, too. You know, I'm just like, hey, this is serious, you know? yeah exactly um yeah, yeah. um <laughs> she actually kind of reminds me a little bit of a scene in agents of shield like in like the last season which so i i know neither of you will know what i'm talking about but um there's Sorry, like <laughs> yeah, promise yeah no it's okay um but like well you know melinda may um uh and like another character um and like two female characters who are like you know told to like hold hands and be in tune with their emotions and they're just both like no <laughs> we don't want they're sitting there holding hands they're like this is not working and they end up like um doing like a combat thing and and they're able to like get the emotional mental connection they need to like you know unpack what they need to for that episode or whatever but they're uh -huh. like oh yeah this is way better <laughs> that's like, <laughs> um, a very may way of looking at things dude it's such a great scene but um yeah her and yo-yo are just great but nice um yeah but it kind of it was it reminded me of that a little bit like oh these two women who are not wanting to touch on tap into their emotions which you know is interesting in and of itself right because like yeah. you usually see that with men and so to see that with like a woman like in ages of shield and here um and like again kind of like poo-pooing like anything that feels like more meditation -y, mindful emotion based thing you know yeah um, it's just like yeah it's just like an it's a it's a fun spin on the usual trope that i usually see you know yeah that's fascinating and you know speaking of mindfulness i've been uh watching the defenders lately and it's interesting to see the contrast of characters like uh the iron fist danny ran who uses meditation to channel his power versus someone like uh luke cage who's like i don't believe in that i'm just gonna think with my own brain and punch with my own fists we don't see a lot of that mindfulness, you know, and like as someone who finds it very difficult to meditate, I do actually see the benefits of it. 
Although in Jennifer's case, like maybe that could have benefited her. I'm not sure how it would have now, considering that she's relatively, you know, chill, so to speak. You know, she's had a lot of practice being a woman and all. And, you know, slightly off uh, topic here, but when she mentions the yoga and how it like tightens her butt and she's like, yeah, my butt. And Bruce is like, uh, no, ew, I'm your cousin, you know, <laughs> just that, that was that was pretty funny to me. But yeah, otherwise, the whole mindfulness and meditation thing, we do need to see that more in the MCU. Don't have a lot of chances to see that. And I do get why uh, Jennifer would be like not into it, but she didn't have to be so, um, I guess, rude about it, you know, just I, I see both sides here is I guess what I'm trying to say. Yeah, that's a good point about how um, with Jennifer, like one of the things I like about her character is the fact that she's not perfect you know she's kind of um she's kind of arrogant and she's kind of like not taking this as seriously as she should be taking it and I kind of I wonder to the extent of which it's like a defense mechanism you know it's like she doesn't want to come to terms with this or she doesn't want to take it seriously because then you know she'd have to actually like think harder about it or feel more about it and she kind of it's easier to just kind of like you know, poke at Bruce um, than it is to listen to what he has to say. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the only way he convinces to even do it, right, is to get really dark. He's like, this is life or death. You know, if you hulk out, you know, some people's lives are on the line. And it's like, he isn't wrong. I mean, some of it, you could feel the projection coming off of him, but it's also like a fair point at the same time, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Well, the thing is, like, even if she is in control, you know, we see her like, pick up a rock and throw it like say she threw you know a piece of debris in the middle of a fight and she hit someone like that's that's a bad situation like you got to be careful if you're that strong you know yeah exactly you know or like um or earlier for instance when he stops her from like you know going ham on those guys it's like yeah the guys were being creepy but you know being creepy is not a crime punishable by death like right Right, yeah. I, I like Jen's being like, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. like, right. And then Jen's like, right, okay, sure, if you say so. Yeah. The very tiny part of me that's good and does believe in humanity, like that really tiny piece of my heart's like, yeah. The rest of me that's like very jaded, right. <laughs> um, I'm- you are right, though. And Bruce does have that point, you know, collateral damage and possibly hurting someone. And she does seem like she has control, but what about extenuating circumstances, you know? Yeah. No one can prepare for anything. I mean, we saw that for ourselves towards the end of the episode there. Not that she or Bruce could have, you know, anticipated that. But she did need to know exactly what was at stake, you know, not just for her personal life, but as a whole. Like, I'm trying to think of what's going on in the MCU that could warrant needing to prepare yourself for an attack. Like, because they don't remember what happened with Spider-Man. I'm guessing the Moon Knight thing was kept under wraps. Maybe the whole thing in WandaVision might have gained a little attention. And definitely the whole thing with Falcon and the Winter Soldier uh, must have popped up, you know. So there's stuff going on. Nothing like Thanos level or alien invasion level. But that doesn't mean it's not going to come at some point, you know. It's New York City. Everything happens. 
yeah, we're I mean we're definitely setting up the like the 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 pieces for that. Um, I mean, for starters, with like the fact that the multiverse is such a big deal. It's like, you know, Jennifer knows her universe, but for all she knows, she could get like sucked through a wormhole and sent to somewhere else, you know, anytime. So exactly. um, She, she's, she's gotta be on the alert um, for that. Or I don't know, maybe secret wars is going to happen and she's going to be involved in that or. Oh, snap. um, Who, who knows? Or maybe, you know, fantastic four is coming out sometime um probably is gonna involve dr doom or not because there have been so many bad dr dooms (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean you're not wrong oh man yeah a lot of stuff at stake for uh, like in both characters point of view you know bruce is like hey we got to prepare you so there's minimal casualties and getting ready for the next big thing and jennifer's just like i just want to like live my life as a lawyer i want to save lives as a lawyer this whole thing is just an obstacle you know and in the end bruce does respect that you know after they fight it out you know he's like you know what i i do respect that you know just all right my lines of communication are always open i got you yeah i just wanted to say too like i respect that and she's like he does it and <laughs> like to the audience <laughs> she has this reaction of like wait did i just do that so i wonder if that like her becoming she hulk is like the beginning of the fourth wall breaking like that that's like the the next level like the real superpower she gets (laughs) (laughs) that's my guess too yeah i mean i think that that would be a really fun like way of using the fourth wall breaking if she actually like used it in the end to solve the problem like actually it's not my super strength it's my ability to break the fourth wall like, yeah. Maybe she she goes into the writer's room and like makes them write rewrite the scenario so the villain loses, you know. Wow. I'm here for that. The true superpower. You you heard it here first, okay? That's <laughs> that's my like off the wall theory. <laughs> yeah. Manifest. Manifest. <laughs> Have any of you guys seen um Avatar Bridged on YouTube ever? No, no. no. Oh, okay. There's a there's a funny gag. Um, it's a parody of the show Avatar: The Last Airbender, and there's a funny gag where like the villain learns how to break the fourth wall. Um, oh my gosh! <laughs> you know that's that's just like something. I don't know. Made me made me think of that. Um. So yeah, maybe maybe that'll be the problem. Is then the villain learns how to break the fourth wall, so the stakes are are restored or something. Oh snap. Yeah, that's yeah, that's interesting. I really want her and Deadpool to hang out now. Well, I mean that could that's an option now that uh, Marvel owns Deadpool. So yeah, that's oh snap! Put yes. it out there. I can manifest that because it's possible. Yep. I mean, I think we already asked for uh, her to hang out with Daredevil in the last podcast, and that's going to happen. So. Oh, y'all don't even know how excited I am for that. I am so excited. I've, I tell you, I've been watching The Defenders. I binge watched uh, Daredevil after uh, No Way Home. So I'm just like, Charlie Cox, welcome back, my friend. Yes, be a bro to Jennifer Walters because they really do have the best bro dynamic. It is so good. I love it. That's yeah, great. I'm. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, but anyway, back to the plot, though. So, so yeah, he does, uh, Bruce does say, like, okay, you know, you do what you want to do, and then we're back to the present, and so she goes to, to court, 
and she's about to make her big argument and um and then who who is it that crashes through the wall to titiana titania i think titania yeah her or like titan i think is is what it's based on maybe I, yeah, I excuse about- us for that. Yeah, I don't know much about this character to know how her name is pronounced. I, I feel bad. Yeah, I, I just know that she's a reoccurring She-Hulk villain. That, that's all I found in my research. Oh, okay, yeah. Because, like, the few times I've seen, like, I, I mean, I've read the She-Hulk comics. I know she's popped up before, but other villains have also popped up. So I wouldn't have known that that was her nemesis. Yeah, I, I think she's like again. The, what I just what I've heard is that she's like, uh, the main reoccurring She-Hulk villain. So, ah, fascinating. I mean, she seems like small potatoes considering how easily Jen defeats her. Literally, like one punch, right? <laughs> oh my gosh! Like, I guess we'll find out why she busted in the way she did. You know, it was just like, oh my gosh, this person is threatening the courtroom. And Nikki's like, Hulk out, girl. I really like this outfit. Wait, wait. The shoes. The shoes. At least save the shoes. Yeah. (laughs) The shoes, yeah. I love that. I also love Bruce. Who's your best friend? Nikki. No, Spandex. (laughs) Spandex is your best friend. I agree, Bruce. Yeah, and he's like, don't even think about moving into a place with less than 10 foot ceiling, 10 foot high ceiling. (laughs) (laughs) Logic. Um, but anyway, yeah, so, but yeah, I wish, I, I thought it was interesting. I thought she would have a little bit more conflict about, like, like, becoming the Hulk in public, She-Hulk in public, but then, I don't know, like, people were in danger, and I, I guess I did wonder, I was kind of like, wait, why is this person even crashing into the courtroom? Like, I expected some kind of villain speech or something. Right? Literally had nothing, just her crashing in, the police trying to stop, oh, well, look at that, they're useless. So, guess it's gotta be me and then go ahead well it's just it's interesting because like jennifer has that brief moment of indecision before all right i'm gonna take off my shoes i'm gonna go for this one punch but then goes right back i'd like to finish my closing statement please i'm like yes (laughs) good for her very professional yeah yes um, I was kind of wondering, well, with Titania, I'm not sure what's going to happen with her power levels versus uh, Jennifer. I mean, I don't know, maybe she'll power up. Maybe she was just off her game because she didn't expect a, another super person. Um, but I kind of assumed it must have had something to do with the case uh, because we don't know what is going on with the defendant um, in this case. But we know that they're a powerful person who did something very irresponsible. So I, I just wonder if it's like they have criminal connections and they brought her in because they knew they were going to lose or something like that. Oh, that's a good theory. I honestly had no idea why she busted in. I like I didn't think too much about that, honestly. So, yeah, the, I could I could see that happening, especially since uh, the opposing attorney was like, were people hurt? Yes, it's a casualty. These things happen, but we're taking the steps to prevent it, you know, that false corporation thing that you heard over and over again in the news every time a new disaster happens and people get killed or something yeah i mean i think the lawyer uh, maybe i'm wrong but i remember him sort of saying like you know were people hurt well we can't like we can't prove we can't prove my client's involvement or, or essentially something like that something like that yeah um, and very very lawyery of like 
you know, you can't, you can't say anything for certain or like, well, you know, that's, that's what we're trying to prove in this trial here. Like those, those facts are, are debatable or something like that. So I, I thought he was kind of equivocating about it. Um, but I mean, again, he's, he's his defense lawyer. He's got to do that. So. Exactly. Titania might've had a grudge against this guy for all we know. Guess we'll yeah. find out in the next episode. Yeah. That's the thing is I feel like we're probably, I mean, I'm assuming we're going to get an explanation in the next episode. Um, since it sounds like she's going to be a reoccurring character in this, but maybe again, maybe not, maybe it's just a, a first episode thing, but, uh, but I don't know. I got the sense just based on the, the promos and stuff that she's going to be a, a character, but yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Well, yeah, we'll see. We'll see where that goes. Um, all right. Is now, is now the time where I can finally talk about Steve? Is this my is this my moment? This is my moment. I'm gonna choose. It. I'm going with it. I am surprised that that has not come up yet. No, yes. <laughs> I mean, I purposely been skipping over. I'm like, no, no. The the focus has got to be Jennifer Walters. Like, this is the She Hulk. I cannot take over and hijack the podcast. To talk about. Steve I mean, I, I've got it in my notes here. So that was the first. Thing <laughs> I, I know. I know. I just I just didn't want to notes. Yeah, I just didn't want to lead with it. That's all. Um, but gotcha, this feels, gotcha. It feels like the right <laughs> moment. Um, what? <laughs> okay. So, so first of all, um, I love, I love how um, Jennifer. It's so weird saying Jen and not talk about Jen or co-host. <laughs> how, <laughs> how Jennifer Walters um, is like talking about how um, you know her theory. She's just like. Okay, well, he didn't have a girlfriend. There was all these apocalypses, and he was going from one thing to another. He was a virgin, right? And like Bruce is just like <laughs> not saying anything. <laughs> She's going on about it, like, and it felt I felt so seen as a fan. Like she was really the mouthpiece of the fandom who's been debating about Steve Rogers' virginity status for years. <laughs> <laughs> see these are some of the things i love about steve rogers like what other male character has his virginity this scrutinized you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm just yeah. saying unfortunately male characters like just don't get to be virgins for the most part um like i mean unless you know there there is a tradition of like celibate hero types um who who don't really have a romantic life but like in modern media especially like male characters don't get to be virgins so it's very it's unusual to have one a hero who's so prominent who everyone is like so has he done it or not (laughs) (laughs) and okay so the thing is and i was having so much fun with her like having this debate and like bringing it up several times (laughs) <laughs> and apparently I was reading like an interview with like the writer and apparently they were going to have that be a running gag. And then, but then Kevin Feige gave them the, the like the green light to like have that like reveal at the post credits or at the end scene, you know? Um, but like, okay. And so, but I loved it so much that I kind of, I kind of wish they didn't give the answer. Like, because for me, I'm like, I liked the debate. I like that. It's like, um, like a I don't know if I would call it a heated debate but like I like that you can really go either way and like that yeah. I don't know I just like the idea of the fandom fighting about that in particular <laughs> yeah I 
I just I appreciate how horny Jennifer is for him. Like yeah. she's laughing at his butt like everyone else is. Yes. I, 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 this is the thing that distracted her from the alien ship. Like yeah. she was too horny over Steve to uh see an alien ship in the in the, the path of her car. Yeah, no, that is the power of I mean, let's bring up the Steve pheromones, right? <laughs> Sex pheromones are so powerful they got Jennifer to crash her car. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, just throughout, like her even saying, like, um, when Bruce is like talking about Steve, right? I mean, she's just like, oh, Steve. <laughs> mood. That's like that. Oh, Steve. GIF, like, should be a GIF and like just be my GIF. You know. <laughs> Also, I love in the in the um during the credits that are that are drawn. Yeah, the there's like her conspiracy board. Yes. Yes. I yes. I want to like analyze this board for a second because like you can see like um Steve in the middle in his his Captain America getup like but the fancy or not the fancy ones but like the USO USO, USO tour version and yeah. like and then clearly Peggy Carter and then like I think there's like a ship or something um and then like you see the, the uso girl which is a hint for later right um and but then there's this like this unidentified uh blonde in the right side i'm looking at the chart right now um like faceless no features or anything that's like is that you know, natalie dormer's character from the first avenger is it maybe i mean she yeah, had really like blonde her. hair this one had like straight hmm. short hair Oh, is that the waitress from uh, the Avengers? No, well, her hair was longer. Huh. I need to go back and look at that chart because, like, <laughs> well, I, yeah, well, I bring it up because, all right, all right. The other thing that I bring up all the time is like being a Romanager shipper, and like you know, in the whole like is Steve a virgin debate, like I've I've always had like the secret head can. I'm like, there is no way that he and Natasha weren't on the run at didn't at some point sleep together come on right it happened didn't it it definitely <laughs> happened it, yeah it, that happened um so do you think that the lady has like a short blonde bob like natasha had when they were on the run that's what i'm saying and like oh, it's probably yeah. not but like but that like it's an unidentifiable person like there's no facial features you know um i mean the uso girl there's like an arrow pointing from like the uso girl to like this character but still like i mean the rare arrows seem kind of random like there's not yeah. an arrow like from like peggy to him so like i don't know i don't know if it's like i think it's know. just there to make that like conspiracy board joke right you know? yeah and yeah. so so there is that um you know but still like it's it's for me i'm just like that looks like it could be natasha i'm just saying <laughs> <laughs> Which would would be very awkward for her to talk with Bruce about, so that's another reason why I don't think it's actually, you know, but like, uh, that's, that's my yeah. little, that's my little, like, secret head cam, like, that's, that's Natasha, right? Because that's well, my... <laughs> okay, are, are we saying that Bruce and Nat actually happened, or are we saying that that didn't happen? <laughs> well, okay, if we're talking about canonness, they did technically have a relationship. Uh yeah okay wait I mean okay. he even brings up the lullaby thing you know it just it it has yeah. to be acknowledged I was hoping that yeah. that would, me that felt like a jab at the lullaby thing because she's, yeah. she's like how does that work he's like I don't know <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah I figured they would bring it up at some point I, I, there were some things that they brought up that I was surprised by and not so surprised by like the fact that uh Tony Stark made Bruce that 
lab slash bar or whatever. Oh, then of course yeah. talk about Steve's ass, which yeah. yes, okay. thank you. All right, yeah, I want to <laughs> I want to touch on the Bruce and and Tony friendship. Like I do, I want to cry about it, but like um, I I want to finish my Steve talk first. Um, go sorry. ahead. Anyway, I'm still on the Steve's soapbox. This is a soapbox I will die on. Actually, this is um, worth standing on, folks. <laughs> this is a way. Yeah, no, just like the sex hormones, and yeah, no, her talking about his his ass and just like you know when she's like crying at the like okay i need to quote it because it's just so great steve rogers did so much for his country and he never got to experience sex did you see that ass like that ass did not deserve to die a virgin (laughs) (laughs) oh my god just it's just so everything about that dialogue from beginning to end is yes it was beautiful okay perfect um Here's here's my thing about the scene at the end where Bruce allegedly reveals that he wasn't because here's my question. Would Bruce know that? I don't know. And that kind of nagged at me a little, truth be told, because like I'm thinking, okay, I know the, the Avengers weren't exactly friends or family like people want them to be, but there were like some friendships and bonds between some of them. Like obviously, uh, Steve and Nat and then uh Bruce and Tony definitely had a science bro moment you know whatever you know there's like uh, little bonds in there but I'm like thinking okay Bruce and Steve when did they actually talk when did that uh, uh you know I, I couldn't remember yeah. that's the thing is they they don't really hang out ever they weren't at the Avengers compound together like you know we know some of the other Avengers post Age of Ultron were living at the compound for a while um so you know like in wandavision we see you know wanda and vision spending time together that we didn't see in the main continuity yeah Um, so and we know bruce hangs out with tony outside of the main movies or in the main movies and we see that like you know we see that in iron man 3 um and we know that because tony got drunk and complained about steve while bruce was making a bar um (laughs) because you know of course he did of course he did yeah like, and then, but Bruce and Steve don't hang out that much. I'm not saying they're not friends, but they don't really hang out that much. Also, Steve doesn't really like to talk about his personal life. Like, the thing right. is, if were someone else, I can see him being like, just so you know, I'm not a virgin. I had sex on the USO tour. <laughs> Yeah, like, there's certain characters that I can see him talking about it with. Like, I can see him, like, having that conversation with Nat or uh, Sam, you know. But Bruce, like, there was a lot of suspicion when he met Bruce in the Avengers movie. Like, hey, Dr. Banner, but he was still kind of wary of him. Like, this guy gonna hulk out and beat me to a pulp, you know? Uh, I'm not really. I mean, because the first thing when Bruce, like, when they meet each other, Bruce is like, is he, Steve says... Like, I'm told you're the guy who can figure this out. And Bruce is like, is that all you've heard about me? And Steve's like, that's the only thing that's important. Yeah, that's Aww. the only thing I care about. Yeah, and which is such a Steve thing to say, and I love him for it. Exactly. Like, I let, you're right. That is such a, that is a, again, I'll rag on the Avengers and how he's written. But that is a very good Steve line because it's like, I'm not going to deny, I'm not going to pretend the truth doesn't exist, but that is not important to me you know yeah I'm like I see you for other things besides this um and also like I see the best part of you I'm going to give I want to give you the benefit of the doubt oh 
Um, Steve, my beautiful man. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. I, so like, that's my, my feeling is that I think they get along just fine, but I feel like Steve is kind of a private um, person, especially when it comes to talking about sex uh, or relationships. And so I just can't imagine them ever having that conversation. Um, What I wonder about is if Bruce read it in a book, because... (laughs) The thing is, I'm I'm kind of, there's a little part of me that's, like, fascinated by what the historiography of, like, Steve and Peggy and Bucky and Howard looks like in the MCU. But, like, you know that there have been biographies written about Steve, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Right. Like, within the MCU, like, there are biographies, there are documentaries, there's, I'm sure there's, like, a cheesy movie about him. Like, we know that there's those goofy radio dramas. So, like, there's a lot of stuff about Steve. So is it possible that Bruce read this in a book? I can accept that. I mean, I had taken it at face value that, you know, but like I didn't really think too hard about like Steve and Bruce's relationship, to be fair. Um, I think they had the potential to have been like um, close, you know, and maybe that's just something that just happens off screen. We don't see it. But like, I think. I think based on what we have seen, I do see, I do see your point, Caroline, about like whether they actually would have talked about it. I mean, Bruce doesn't seem like I, I could never see like Steve talking to Tony about it, but like Bruce, generally speaking, I feel like would have enough discretion that like Steve could probably feel like he could trust him if they got to that point. So I basically, I guess I could see it being possible if they had that space and time to actually get to know each other more, but we never really see it in the main continuity. So like, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, that is a good point that if Bruce and Steve did have a heart to heart, I feel like the two of them, yeah, I feel like Steve felt like he could trust Bruce with like something that was maybe personal like that. Um, And I mean, also, I think both of them, you know, are a little bit like introverted and nerdy. Um, You know, uh, it's, you know, Steve's an art nerd, Bruce is a science nerd. Um, but you know, they both probably, they both know what it's like to not really know how to talk to women. Um, (laughs) you know, it's possible they could have bonded over that. Alternatively, you know, now you mentioned Tony, it is possible that Tony's like, ah, Steve's a virgin. He's never got to do the to do before he's gotten the ice. And so like, you know, not that it's any of your business, but I did sleep with a lovely lady on the USO tour. Goodbye. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's true. Like, because he's like, well, Tony's not going to remember anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. What was her name? Does she live in Canada? <laughs> She's got a girlfriend who lives in Canada. Oh my gosh. I'm just going to accept that that was the conversation that happened. That's what went down. Um, yes. <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, I, I think part of me too was like, I'm like, he slept with you as a girl. What about Peggy? But I'm like, but then I had to like take a step back and be like, well, in the timeline of the first Avenger, like he wasn't, I don't think he was ever sure that he would see her again. As far as he knew, he would never like actually get to like fight in the war or anything. He was just like the puppet for the government. Right. And like, yeah. you know, he liked her, but they didn't, hadn't had any sort of relationship like until like after, you know, she came to one of his shows and inspired him to, you know, actually be Captain America, you know? Um, uh-huh. but yeah there was that little part of me that was like oh but then I'm like oh well okay technically though <laughs> they weren't even close to being together and I don't think he ever thought he would see her again so I'm like okay 
all right perspective Bridget <laughs> <laughs> well I think with with Steve and Peggy I'm personally of the opinion that they didn't sleep together during the war um just because both of them I think are so like focused on what they were doing um yeah. also they're both like they both take a long time to get to the point where I think they're willing to be intimate with people um you know they've both got some defenses up about that at least again in my, my interpretation of those characters yeah um, and the other thing is like the way at the end of the the movie you know talking about like going on a going on a date you know their dance of course that's so famous like I, I got the sense that they're like their kiss at the end was like their first kiss yeah Aww, no the way he yeah. looks at her there's no way it's not <laughs> yeah. exactly it very much seemed like the first kiss and then the dance seemed like that would be their first like real date um and then we see in what if too it's like they're very close emotionally but we don't see them you know we i don't think they even get to kiss in that because howard gets in the way uh, Howard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well i mean and also howard is kind of in the way too in uh the first avenger because steve thinks that peggy and howard are dating uh for a long time so right huh there's the that that love triangle that exists in steve's head um, <laughs> When, when really Howard and Peggy are both in love with him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but like you think about it, right? Like he would never imagine that he would be at the, the center point of the triangle. But actually he's at the center point of like a hexagon or an infinite, a, a infinitely angled. He's at the center of a circle of everything. <laughs> Accepted. <laughs> infinite an infinite circle of attraction, hardiness, love, all of it. All of it. Um, he's, like in, <laughs> he's like in the center of a web. It's like a, a Natasha Black Widow web, and he's oh in the God. center of it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, okay. I think I think I've said most of the Steve things. I, I think, but at this point, I want to segue into the whole Tony griping about steve as like bruce was mostly building the bar not tony um <laughs> just, yeah all right so clearly jessica gow is a stony shipper um we're, i'm just gonna leave that there <laughs> i was about to say for me this cements like science husbands because mm. bruce thank and, you bruce and tony wrote their initials on the bar that's true. Uh, and like yep. they, they forgot to draw a heart around them <laughs> yeah i kind of got that vibe too especially since like bruce kind of softened a little when he mentioned that uh tony built the lab for him i was just like oh okay you know don't get me wrong yes there are going to be characters who miss tony stark it doesn't all have to be peter parker though just yeah. saying it's nice yeah. to see someone else miss tony and it doesn't have to be thrown in our face so kind of got the science bro vibe and definitely a little bit of oh they had some sort of uh, romantic feelings that went beyond the science bros I I'm, I'm here for that yeah you know just forgot the heart I I'm here for this yeah oh. I mean I'm I'm not ruling out Stony on this one because as we just were <laughs> saying Steve Rogers is always at the center of romantic <laughs> entanglements so. literally though yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's kind of like, yeah, like Bruce being like, this is my boyfriend, Tony, and this is my, and this is Steve, uh, Tony's boyfriend, and I hate Steve. 
<laughs> Although Steve you. doesn't realize he's Tony's boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, just minding his own business. Just. Yeah. Anyway. I, I love that about Steve. He's just minding his own business and everyone's in love with him. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, love. Anyway, yeah. So, but anyway, yeah. So, but yeah, the science, science husbands is a thing. You're right. Um, and just like he used to joke that it was a loner and that one day he'd just swing by and take it back. And of course he never would. Like, oh, yeah. But of like, course he had to joke about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And but, of course he can give Bruce a lab, but he can't pay Sam. Oh my gosh. I know. What? Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm going to sit with that for a second. <laughs> like, I, I swear, once once I finish this episode, ladies, not going to lie, I'm just like, up, oh, Steve, okay. Just going to stand back and let Bridget and Caroline deal with it. Up, oh, they mentioned Tony. Here we go. Okay, this is going to be an interesting episode where we have a lot of Steve gushing, Tony bashing. We're going to focus on Jennifer Walters. You know what? It's fine. We'll talk about all three. We're, we are the Marvelites here. We're the Nerd Alert girls. We talk about what we want. We've said our piece on She-Hulk. Let us talk about these characters who will never come back. Or at least not uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans, you know. We might get another version of them in the multiverse, whatever. But for now, let us have this, folks. Let us have this. I am enjoying getting to spend some more time with Bruce. Um, you know, and, and seeing a different side of him. Uh, yeah, in his the bratty side. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the, the 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 obnoxious big brother side. Yep, there we go. There we go. Yeah, like you mean well, but you're still a jerk. You know, just just like an older brother that I assume is a thing. I I am the oldest, and I have a sister, so I wouldn't know. Yeah, I'm I am an older sister, so I, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm like that. I don't think I am, but you never do. <laughs> um. My, <laughs> yeah, and I, so I didn't speak in the brother thing too. I noticed that like she, like Jen, like when she woke up from the Hulk state after like the bar thing, I know she woke up still in that dirty ragged shirt, and I was like, but like you know, new clothes were like on the side for her, and I'm like, oh right, like there's no way Bruce would have felt comfortable like changing her out of her clothes, you know, like so he's just like, well, I I I gotta just leave you in this dirty torn t-shirt. I'm sorry, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Little detail there that, you know. Um and also speaking instead of details too, with like the Tony thing, like she looks at like the iron I think it's an Iron Man mask, right? Um Yeah, I thought that was interesting too, that he has that around and um but yeah. But yeah, no, I like getting yeah, I agree. I like seeing a different side of Bruce. I like seeing more of the like science bros relationship because that was like a more established relationship you know from like the first avengers movie right and it just like felt so true to them and so i just really like that yeah same it, w- it was nice it was a nice touch yeah um let's see oh there was another thing i was going to note about um the the jennifer bruce relationship is that you know you know we were kind of talking about how like yeah, Bruce is being kind of obnoxious, but also, you know, Jennifer's kind of brushing him off. And then I also kind of wanted to get to, like, the big fight they have where she sort of throws everything in his face, you know, about, like, how how alone he's been and how she doesn't want his life. And, like, you know, he acknowledges that. He's like, hey, you can't say a bunch of really hurtful things and then storm off. And she's like, yep, I'm going to. Um, 
So like, yeah, I just thought that was interesting. Um, you know, in terms of, I wonder if like, these are things that she's been kind of thinking in the back of her head for a long time, but is now like saying, or, you know, if it's, uh, right out there, but it also, you know, it does again, I, I think that Bruce isn't reacting well, but I do feel bad for him too, because she is like throwing a lot of bad stuff in his face. Um, and yeah. it's all true, you know? So. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I just thought that was interesting, and I kind of, like, yeah, it'll be interesting again to see her kind of explore her journey to being a superhero, and since she associates it with, like, pain and loneliness um, from her, what she knows about her, her cousin's life, so. Yeah. Yeah. That's, like, valid points, you know? <laughs> yeah. I get it. Yeah, so... Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. So, all right. So, um, in case in case y'all are new to us or haven't listened to us recently or forgotten or didn't hear us say this before, but like we are not planning to pursue the week to week schedule. Or at least I'm not. <laughs> uh, week to week recap of of the uh, of the series on an ongoing basis, just because um, well, we want to be able to focus on more evergreen content. And Marvel's been throwing a lot of stuff at us recently, and just you know, also we just have lives to live and. <laughs> <laughs> not that marvel isn't important but you know it just i just you know every weekend man that's a lot yeah um, no that's that's a lot yeah and you know it, it's fine you know i'm honestly trying to save all my energy for wakanda forever folks you know cool. how much energy that's gonna take cool. all of it all of it yeah so i anyway i bring that up just because you know this is our chance to like really talk about like our theories on like where we think this story will go i mean just based off of the first one right um just like yeah theories any anything off the wall or like what you think is more reasonable or or whatever else um what you're excited for anything you know in terms of like the future of this series and we can see if we're right or we're wrong at the end or if we do a midpoint one i don't know yeah who knows because i was thinking about it the midpoint would be episode five whenever that is in a couple weeks but i figured you know we'll play it by ear we'll see how the show's going if it's like doing really well or if it starts to plummet or if it's plateauing we'll see where the show is going it's got a pretty good start hopefully it stays that way that it keeps that uh fun uh thing going and the yas girl vibes but not in a way that's all up in our face and everything so it should be interesting i'm, I'm here for it not here enough for it to talk about it every week but you know i'm still here for it um yeah i i kind of feel like i already sort of put out a lot of my like hopes and my my fears um so yeah my main thing is that I really hope it kind of stays um in this format as like a half hour sitcom and like you know explores the more kind of day-to-day superhero stuff um and it doesn't just turn into like space laser and end of the world and like big fights um so you know that's kind of what I'm hoping for I think it would be fun if they can use the the fourth wall breaking in a creative way. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, I really um, I really like that in Birds of Prey when they have Harley Quinn do it um, because she really does like mix up the way the story's told and like there's an animated sequence and she's like, oh wait, I got to backtrack and then circles back and it's very chaotic and like that's how her mind works. So it's yeah. nice to have that. So like. I think it can be a really fun way to tell a superhero story. Um, so I hope they do something exciting with that. And then, um, 
yeah, that's uh, that's just kind of what I hope for this and what I hope doesn't happen with this. So. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. was, you bring up the fourth wall thing, and I'm like, yeah, I just hope they don't get hammy with it in the sense of, like, overplaying it with the fourth wall breaking and just, like, or, like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring, like, from left field here, I'm gonna bring out the movie Persuasion that's on Netflix. A good example of fourth wall breaking that is, like, overdone, overrun, also doesn't even do anything to advance the characters of the story. Ouch. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, don't watch it, y'all. Um, it, like, it's, it's a bad Persuasion adaptation, but it's also just a bad movie in general. Um, but anyway, but, like, but, like, basically, like, the, the main character, like, tells us things and then they happen like she's like okay my sister's gonna complain about her husband and then complain about her kids and then you know yada yada yada. and then it all plays out and it's like what let us see it why are you even telling us if you were gonna show us anyway like that's just a micro example but like it was like a very yeah like sort of like heavy-handed didn't actually do anything kind of fourth wall breaking that was not very fun um so It's one of those tropes that, like, or storytelling devices that you have to be really careful with. Um, because if you don't do it properly, it gets, I mean, it's sort of similar to, like, narration. You know, there's a lot of screenwriting 101 will tell you be really careful if you're using voiceover narration um, because of stuff like that, where, like, people will describe something that's happening or there's a lot of tell and no showing. Um, uh huh. And then with fourth wall breaking, I think it can get, it can go bad very easily. Like you can definitely, you know, wreck the tension and the stakes if you're not doing it correctly. Um, Or it just has the potential to be kind of insufferable and quippy or like, I know a complaint I've been hearing kind of more recently about uh, people complaining about people like putting a lampshade on writing issues and then not fixing them. Um, Oh, that's also something that can be dangerous when you're going meta is people being like, look, this is a cliche. We're going to keep going with it anyway. It's like, okay, just because you said it was a cliche doesn't make it work. Um, <laughs> so that's a thing. I mean, I also am a little bit worried that maybe Jennifer, um, if she's like too, you know, I like her right now, but if I'm worried that after like, several episodes she's just going to end up being like too quippy and too similar to other characters we've met um you know i hope she doesn't sound exactly like other characters but it's like yeah it it would be kind of nice if we got some more uh characters in the mcu who were just like very sincere and didn't quip you know to kind of balance some things out (laughs) yeah yeah um i think one thing i look forward to seeing like play out is like the whole like superhero lawyering thing you know like just like how that can collide and just like you know how her identity affects like you know because we know from like the trailer right that she's going to be picked like by her law firm to like represent like Emil Blonsky and like be like the superhero be part of the superhero new superhero division like that's super interesting right the policy oh yeah um but like through the lens of like her as like a female lawyer as someone who is like discovering has you know just gotten new powers and is just figuring like powers out but also life out i just always love that sort of thing when like characters are just like figuring it out um so so that's like a really fun dynamic that i look forward to seeing like what they do with it yeah i agree i really love it when characters aren't quite sure how to use their powers and like have to learn that 
Um, like, I l really like the scene where she and Bruce are fighting and, like, Bruce does the big clap um, because, you know, this is a trick he's learned and then she replicates it, but she can't, like, clap the same way because she's not as big. So she's like, okay, I'll do a lot of claps. You know, I, I think it shows, like, that she's, she's smart and adaptable. Um, yeah, very resourceful. Yeah. Yeah, so I like that a lot. Um, but yeah, so I think I think that's something like cool and exciting, and would love that for her. Uh, do we think Bruce is gonna come? I mean, come back, or like, how much is he gonna come back? Oh yeah, I was I was wondering about that. I'm I um, I'm hoping he's there for at least two more episodes, but I I don't know honestly. Yeah, I I mean I do hope we get more of him, because um, again I do enjoy their their interactions. But I kind of wonder if the whole reason for the Sakarian ship is so that he can be like, sorry, I've got to go look into that, and then he's he's gone for the rest of the season, or maybe he's gone for the rest of the season, and then like comes back for the finale or something. Right. Yeah, I guess we'll find out, but. Yeah, it would have been nice to see him. I, I adore Mark Ruffalo. He's adorable. I think it's interesting, too, how he, like, quickly he dismisses out of hand, like, her, him making, even trying to make a prototype like he did for himself with her to be human all the time. I guess, I mean, I guess part of it's coming from, like, the fact that, like, he tried it and it, it just didn't work, you know? He doesn't want to give her false hope. But it wasn't, yeah. just, like, so quickly dismissed that out of hand. Yeah, I can I can see that. And he did mention that, like, hey, it took me this long to even make it, and it wasn't even, like, good. It was a prototype at best, you know? So I, I, I can agree with that, that he's thinking, like, um, I don't want to give my cousin false hope, especially since she is very much against this. Yeah. Anyway, just interesting. Um, but yeah, oh, I'm looking forward to her friendship with Nikki and just, you know, seeing, like, positive female relationships is just always, is always good to see, you know? Oh, yeah. That would be very nice. Yeah. Um, oh, and just, like, a little thing, but I love the artwork and the title cards, um, the end credits, you know? My favorite was the last one of her, like, going up the steps of the courthouse and her shadow is the She-Hulk holding up her big muscles. That was just really cool. I love that. Yeah, yeah it was different. There's a lot of fun little gags in uh, in that art, and also, yeah, like uh, like you said, um, it's it's different. You know, it's not something we usually see. And again, I feel like it really fits with the tone of the show. You know, yeah. So it's great. I'd love to know who like the artist was who did that because that just like it just looks really good. It's just really cool. And oh, I think I think we I, I feel like I'd be remiss not to mention like the whole conversation about the Viet vfx art artists and like the special effects um that's going on right now about like you know artists you know vfx artists who like are talking about like the unreasonable expectations in terms of time and labor expected from marvel um especially like around well i think it started like around with she hulk and all the complaints about the cgi which we touched on with the trailer and everything yeah um, so just i acknowledge that in my notes as well um yeah. thanks for bringing that up yeah go ahead Oh, um, you know, I just wanted, yeah, I just wanted to, to maybe make a note about that and to say, like, I think it's, well, one, I just want to say, Disney, you're a multi-billion dollar company, pay people, um, especially if you're going to be cranking out so many of these things, like, pay people reasonable amounts of time and give them reasonable deadlines, like, 
you know, or cut back on the amount of CGI. Well, not or. Pay people. That is the first thing. But also, I think you guys need to cut back on the amount of CGI in these things if you can't deal with it. Um, don't force people to work crazy hours. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to say that. And I also just kind of wanted to say, like, I think with this whole the whole debate about the CGI, like, I think it's important to remember that these um, this media is made by real people, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, like, I, I get how I think for a lot of people they like to dunk on these things because they are, you know, they're big corporate products, but it's like when you get into dunking on the CGI, like CGI doesn't come out. Of, I think there's this idea that CGI comes out of nowhere, you know, <laughs> um, like a lot of times when people are like, Oh, the director, or the filmmakers were so lazy. They just did this with CGI. And it's like, but if they do it with CGI, someone has to make all that happen. Like real people have to make all of this happen. So basically, you know, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I mean, I am kind of tired of the like the nitpicking of writing that goes on, but or the hyper focusing on writing. But recently, I feel like I've seen a lot more of like people ragging on CGI or like within you know speaking about like persuasion and other like period dramas i've seen a lot of people dunking on costume design and it's like hey costumers don't get paid fairly you know they don't get enough credit they don't get paid fairly why do you you know miss youtuber have to go and like dunk on their work which you know a lot of times like the director told them what to do as well um and it's a similar thing with cg where it's like people immediately if they don't like something about the movie will go and be like cgi was bad cgi was bad and it's like again real people made that and maybe the reason it was if it was bad maybe it was because they didn't get a reasonable amount of time to finish it you know uh-huh yeah definitely a lot of factors at play here like i, I just feel like we live in kind of a society where you can't please everyone like i think we're the culture of film and movie like movies tv shows and such is to criticize like people think they're smart when they point out what could have been done better or that oh this could have been done this way this should have been done this way you know it's critique after critique nitpicking after nitpicking and don't get me wrong there are times where i'll do the same where i'm just like nope that was not like how i imagined you all should have done this but Man, sometimes the point of a movie or a TV show is to just sit back and enjoy yourself, you know? So people need to relax a little. You don't like the CGI? All right. You want to do it better yourself? Why don't you do it better yourself? You know, you don't like the writing? Write a fan fiction to make it better. I just... Relax. All right? Sit back and enjoy the ride. No one's making you watch it. Just focus on what's actually good about it, you know? It's not that hard, folks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, I think that's a good point is like a lot of times people, people talk as if, like, again, they talk like CGI just comes out of nowhere. And it's like, that's not an easy thing to do. Like someone has to make that, you know, it takes a lot of work. Um, and, and also, again, it's like the whole thing where, you know, people will talk, will complain about, you know, things that are popular, and be like, Oh, anyone could do that. It's so generic. It's so easy. It's like, okay, you know, why don't, why don't you do that yourself? Like you write something that's that popular and that beloved, like, you know, or you spend, you know, your whole life uh, building up a career in the entertainment. And that's the other thing is like, if you're going to get to the point where you get to make a movie like this, 
I'm not saying everyone who does it is talented because some of them I think are hacks. Um, <laughs> you know, and obviously people, some people get where they got because they have, their cousin is someone famous or just, you know, they just got lucky or something like that. That definitely happens. But, you know, that's not everyone. There are a lot of people who paid a lot of dues and put in a lot of time to get to the point where they could do movies like this. And now that they're doing it, if again, if you think that like you can spend that much time to get to that point where you uh, are given this kind of a project, like be my guest, go ahead and do that. Um, but I, I don't know if that'll work out for you. Um, so, so yeah, I just think a lot of people feel very much like, you know, they own these things or they're owed something by these things. But it's weird because a lot of times, like, the most entitled fans are the ones who refuse to just, like, go out and write their own fanfic, you know? <laughs> exactly, you know? <laughs> it's yeah, like, we're, well, we're self-reliant fans. We're like, all right, well, I'll do it myself, to quote Thanos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and instead of the Infinity Gauntlet, it's just, like, your computer is like, fine, I'll do it myself. Type <laughs> Oh my gosh. I'm here for that. I'm here yeah. for that. And yeah. I, like, baby, just speaking of like Marvel and like the visuals and everything, like I got to meet Andy Park, who's the director of visual development at LA Comic Con like several years ago. And like, you know, even just like from a casual conversation with him, it was like so clear that he was like working like around the clock and stuff. And I was like, take care of yourself, dude. <laughs> I know. Like, sir, please, please balance your work and professional life. Yeah. yeah also yeah so i don't i don't think he worked on she hulk specifically but like but like just like the whole talking about the visuals and everything like yeah it just like was like a really great reminder that i always hold with me of like this is a real person <laughs> like who does the real you know concept art and all this other beautiful stuff that like you know we see and take for granted in this day and age in cinema you know so yeah yeah also and I mean, that also gets into the issue of you know when a film is is popular is beloved is successful people will always say just the director's name you know they'll be like oh yeah. so and so like you know i've heard a lot of people being like oh the russo brothers or oh taika watiti and it's like, well, you know, did, um, did they write it? Did they do the, like, the storyboarding? Did they do the editing? Did they do the, because it's like so many of those things all come together. You know, did they do the fight choreography? Like, you know, when people, for instance, I, I like the Russo brothers quite a lot, but it's like when people talk about Winter Soldier, they're like, oh, that fight. And it's like, well, that fight wasn't choreographed by them, you know? Exactly. Not by them but it was choreographed and also it was edited by somebody else, you know, and it was performed by the stunt performers. Yeah. Yeah. Give credit where credit is due folks. Yeah. And the thing is like, I also get it because, you know, it would be impossible to name everybody involved in the filmmaking when you're talking about um, an individual movie or an individual TV show. So I'm not saying you have to like, have an encyclopedic knowledge of everyone who worked on it, but just like it's good to know that these these projects are collaborative. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a great, really good reminder, and I think it's a really great note to end on here because um, collaboration is important. I mean, it's what we're doing here on this podcast, right? As we're talking and like bringing bringing up like points that like you know the other person you know hasn't hadn't thought of, you know, and that's that's just kind of like 
that's how that is how creative collaboration works and so in any case you know um i i have enjoyed this episode of she-hulk attorney at law and credit to the writers uh or to the writer in this case i guess but like overall like the writers the directors um and all the people behind the scenes who work in the show from the choreography to the special effects to the costumes to the hair and makeup and all of that like all the the side actors and the stunt people just yeah it really is i think it does um serve as well to remember that um especially when we want to shake our fist at the finished product or whatever right um not that you can't have critiques for it you know and like have constructive criticism for sure but at the end of the day there is indeed always fan fiction just saying (laughs) exactly so yeah anything else y'all want to add give me matt murdoch (laughs) that's it that's all i got we are all awaiting the coming of matt murdoch <laughs> all, right, all right. I still haven't watched Daredevil. Oops. Anyway, it's fine. <laughs> um, this is like that's like the one aspect of Marvel I just don't touch. The Netflix ones. I just I keep up with everything else. Like everything else. I even watch I didn't I didn't watch Inhumans from beginning to end, but I watched the first terrible episode, okay? And I think <laughs> Like, wow, that is amazing. That is commitment. Right I, yeah, I, had, <laughs> I saw the Fanforstic movie when it came out, even though I had heard all the bad reviews. I'm like, I still want to see it for myself. So listen, <laughs> I paid yeah. my Marvel dues. All right, if I there's if there's one element of the Marvel universe that I'm gonna skip, all right, fine, let it be the Netflix one. Okay, they're like very intense shows, so like I just yep. You know, yeah. that's mostly why I haven't. But just, just if anyone wants to at me, just know this. <laughs> Everything else, okay? <laughs> so fight me. I'll finish the Netflix shows eventually, except for Iron Fist. I don't really want to watch Iron Fist. <laughs> I t- I'm taking one for the team on that one, folks. If If they bring back Danny Rand, it doesn't seem like they will. Right now, we're only given... Matt Murdock and Jessica Jones, but if they do bring back Danny Rand and we gotta talk about him, I will take this for the team. I'm watching it. When's Jessica Jones coming back to the MCU? I hadn't heard about that. We don't know yet, but rumor has it that the actor Kristen Ritter is seen uh kind of stalking around the Marvel sets. So Oh well Ooh. we'll see. Yeah. I'm excited. I, I love Kristen Ritter. I love Jessica Jones and Kristen Ritter. So if that's just a very horrible untrue rumor i'm gonna be very upset and you guys might not hear from me for a while oh oh well all right then i guess that's it for for she hulk for now um yeah i for sure will come back after the show is over to talk about it maybe at midpoint we'll we'll check in with each other see how how we're all doing um yeah being able to whether we want to talk about it in, in depth or not. But I feel like going for like almost two hours on just like a 30 minute first episode, we did pretty good. Oh yeah, for <laughs> sure. Ground, so yeah, we, we managed to create a lot of content after out of one 30 minute episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it, it, I mean, it's been a while for us. We have you back on the show, Caroline. There was a lot of things in our favor, basically. So yes, yes. All right. Well, yeah. Thank you all so much for listening. Um, if you want to keep up with us for whenever we do post, you know, you can uh, follow us on our website, nerdalertgirls.tumblr.com. Um, also, you can email us at any time at nerdalertgirls.g at 
yeah nerdalertgirls at gmail.com and um and yeah um but otherwise yeah i'm trying to think of anything else i usually say at the end of the it's been a while oh yes <laughs> if you could rate us and review us on spotify and have a podcast tell your friends about the show um just so that you know more more people can enjoy us just gabbing about marvel but not just gabbing actually like bringing a lot of like expertise and thoughtfulness from like literature to history to child psychology um like we really bring all the layers y'all um yeah we do yeah and just all the pop culture references all of them so all of them and gushing about steve rogers you you will never find i don't think there's a single episode where i don't at least touch upon steve rogers or or like his subsidiaries like bucky or like peggy just like that universe um yes yeah yeah. yes and if you don't i do so (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. so So between the two of us we have it covered quality steve content always Um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah come here to get your steve fix because there are only so there's there aren't any other movies with him yet so yeah no i know oh sad you know what if though what if we'll bring more steve content in a different way so yep yeah although i do appreciate the fact that like uh, there's been some people speculating about like what if we see chris evans as captain america in another marvel movie and i think on twitter he's been like sam wilson is captain america now yes oh my gosh yes yeah yeah so like i appreciate that and i like i don't necessarily want steve rogers captain america back but you know i i i wish we'd gotten like five more movies with him before uh then sam can now have five movies i i would like i would not be opposed to old man steve okay i mean bruce was talking about him in the present tense like steve rogers is not a virgin like he didn't say was he said is i'm like oldest man steve is like chilling on the moon somewhere right (laughs) agreed i I love the idea that he's on the moon But, but yeah, that's a good spot that Bruce said Steve Rogers present and Jennifer is talking about him like he's dead. So I think maybe Bruce knows something we don't know. Maybe. Or Jennifer doesn't know or the general public doesn't know. Maybe. Mm. I'm just saying. He said is. He said is. He said is. Old man Steve, man. Old man Steve. I want to manifest that. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, thank you all so much for listening. And yeah, I guess we will talk to you next time on... Nerd alert! Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.